now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. I'm Roger Isles. I'm Leo Isles. And we are the The Derriers. We get together every week just to bring you some of the best of the music we find driving up and down the highways of America. That's right. There's a lot of it out there. It's it's everywhere. It is. And, you know, people ask us, they say, Derriers, exactly what is Americana music? Well, we say since it's our show, we get to say what it is, right? That's right. And we say that it's anything that has distinctive American roots. That's right. And so having said that, it could be big band music. It could be rhythm and blues. It could be rockabilly. It could be Cajun. It could be ragtime. Pop. Heavy metal. Jazz. Disco. Swing. <laughs> boogaloo. Boogaloo. <laughs> I like Boogaloo. I, boogaloo is good. I just like saying Boogaloo. I do too. I do too. It's uh, all those things and much more. Much more. Yeah. And the format of the show is that we each show up each week with a a virtual fistful of tunes that we have not yet disclosed to the other guy. Exactly right. And we spring them on uh, each other one at a time, and we take turns starting the show. And I started last week. I think that's right. So, Leo, uh, you are up. I have something I'm going to do. Are you ready? It's a mashup! He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. Oh, yeah. This is the first. We've never started the show with a mashup no, before. No, no. This is definitely a first. Oh, I can't wait. Your mashups are great. Well, this one is kind of interesting. And I got to tell you the truth. I put this together several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's back up. The, we, we used to play in a band, uh, you and I, and with our friend Bruce. Yeah, it was kind of our little combo. It was a little combo thing. We called it the Prairie Gators. Right. right, right. It, was a re- it was fun. We, we had some fun stuff. Of it. Well, we ended up in that uh, little band, and we did. A medley right. of two tunes because we realized they had very similar chord progressions and stuff, and we just kind of made a medley out of it. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the songs uh, were uh, "Spooky" right by the Classics Four mm-hmm. and uh, the Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. Yep, I remember. Okay. So we had a good time doing it. So I just started. To, I was going to work on that, and I put it together, and then I found another thing. It just got a little out of control. So so there's nothing particularly relevant about this particular mashup. Okay. It's just for fun. Well, let's hear it. Okay, here we go. There's something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware Baby, I'm aware of where you go. 
Yeah, something like that. I don't know what led me down that little rabbit hole, but it just... Well, it was fun, Leo. It happened. Well, anyway... Yeah, nice that, work. Now we're started, so uh, it's your turn. Okay. Um, well, you know Raquel, uh, our pal, Katie Joe. Oh, yeah. From uh, out in Colorado. So, I, boy, I got a line of great ideas stacked up, but I've been trying to get to this one. And this is a guy by the name of John LaGale Horton. Mm. Johnny Horton. No, Johnny right? Horton. Okay. So yeah. when I think Johnny Horton, what do you think? Battle of New Orleans. And north to Alaska. North to Alaska, right? yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. so um, he grew up in Texas, and his family uh, would travel to California and back as migrant uh, uh, farm workers, right? right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up, he um, graduated from high school in Texas, and then he, he attended a junior college, and then he went to Seattle University and Baylor University. Didn't graduate from any of them, but he, he studied geology in Seattle in 1948. And then he went to Alaska to look for gold. <laughs> well, of course. So maybe that's where the song came you from. Think? I mean, you know, people write about stuff that they don't have any skin in the game. <laughs> so at least he did. He so, did. so anyway, he, uh, he went through, you know, just a whole bunch of different things. Um, uh, Louisiana Hayride, you know, a bunch of those things a lot of these guys did. But um, uh, eventually, he kind of got tired of it, and he was always an avid fisherman, so he started a tackle shop. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so he just kind of did that for a while, and then a buddy got him a contract with Columbia, for, and, they, and they drove to Nashville on a borrowed car 
for their first re- recording session. Good grief. And so at that point, he was influenced by Elvis Presley, so he kind of took a more rockabilly style. Uh-huh. But he never had the, the fame that he had with North to Alaska and Battle of New Orleans. There you right? go. Which was big ones. Uh, unfortunately, he died in a car wreck about two years after he really got kind of took off. Wow. So it's unfortunate. So we're not going to listen to either of those two songs. <laughs> I was wondering where you were taking this. Well, you know, I found this tune, and the, and the tune is called First Train Headed South. Okay. And I found a whole bunch of recordings, but this one is different. Um, and most of them are kind of more rocked out and big, you know? Yeah. And this one just has this guitar and steel just going the whole time, just just kind of frenetic all the way through. It's really a cool version. So Johnny Horton, let's give it a listen. First train headed south. I didn't know my baby loved me so Until that letter come to let me know Now I'll pack my rags and then I'll go And catch the first train I see hit the south If I'd have got this letter in Idaho This snow so deep it wouldn't let me go I'd have went for a while and melted all of that snow And caught the first train I saw hit the south If I'd have got this letter in Iowa Nothing in this world could make me stay I'd have grabbed my hat and then been on my way And caught the first train I saw hit the south I didn't know my baby loved me so Until that letter come to let me know I'll pack my rags and then I'll go And catch the first train I see hit the south I didn't know my baby loved me so Until that letter come to let me know I'll pack my rags and then I'll go And catch the first train I see hidden south If I'd have got this letter in Ohio With a busted back, two arms and a broken toe There'd be no hesitation, I would go And catch the first train I saw hidden south If I'd have got this letter up in Maine Metro bottom dollar, I'd feel the same of the drivers call her name As I ride this fast freight train It's a hidden south I didn't know my baby loved me so Until that letter come to let me know Now I'll pack my rags and then I'll go And catch the first train I see hidden south Who who was the steel player, do you know? No, I, I looked and looked and, you know, all the steel players forums and stuff. There's a lot of speculation, but nobody seems to know definitively. Wow. Yeah. It's so. kind, of, it kind of like a Speedy West Kind thing. of that yeah. type of sound, yeah. So. Interesting, interesting. It's fun tune. Great cut. All right, Leo. Well, what do you got? Well, we have some contributors that kind of keep us appraised of stuff and make suggestions for us, Oh, you right? bet. I love it. I do, too. And one of them is our friend Dave Irwin. Oh, man, he is great. And I think we're going to see him in Winfield before too long. Well, sure. He and Helen are um, on the bill. That's exactly right. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Anyway, he uh, sent us a a, a song uh, by a band called Story Hill. Right? Okay. It's a duo. Now, let's think about duets, right? Duo, famous acts. It got Chad and Jeremy, Peter and Gordon, Simon and Garfield, Sonny and Cher, 
Brooks and Dunn, The Carpenters, Hollow Notes, Everly Brothers, Wham! How about yeah. Wham? Sam and Dave, Ike and Tina, Jan and Dean, Flat and Scruggs. It goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys started out as just calling themselves Chris and Johnny. <laughs> and they were, they're getting started uh, uh, up in uh, Montana, of okay. all places, and then later on Minnesota. And they had a pretty strong thing going there for a while. And then they just, in 1997, they just got, oh, no, we're done. And everybody's kind of disappointed. I don't need him. I don't, I don't need, need him. I don't him. him. So they just whatever. <laughs> so they, they kind of went off on their own way for a while. And then they got back together just for the heck of it. They were having so much fun. They just, it was no big deal. But anyway, they've, uh, they, they've got that beautiful blend that you can only really get with the duo stuff. And, and you and I have practiced duo stuff since we were a kids, lot. right? Yep. There's yep. a lot to be said for it. Anyway, this, uh, this comes from uh, a story hill from, 19, uh, from 2007. And uh, among other awards, they got the uh, 2000 Kerrville New York New uh, Folk Festival Com- Competition Award. Let's just give these guys a listen, man. Uh, the song is called Worst Enemy. Something happened a long time ago. And evidently, you no longer know. But you roll it like a wheel for your daily woes. It's your worst enemy. We can all see you come from some special place Like alien encounters, just the lines on your face What would it be you wish you could erase? It's your own worst enemy What are you running from? Something you said, or maybe something you've done And you know you can't be holding on to nothing Stand by the window looking out over the sound And no one bothers or comes around But there's something trespassing on your garden grounds Your own worst enemy Comfort was spoken out loud But like the rains of Seattle They'll just fall down While your own true sorrow Is buried underground By your own worst enemy What are you waiting for? For someone else to open Close the door when you know Something happened a long time ago It doesn't matter, you don't need to know To turn around and take the hand of your favorite foe And forgive your worst enemy Don't be your own, your own, your own Don't be your own, your own, your own Don't be your own, your own, your own Worst enemy Worst in me, 
fun stuff. That's fun. That's that, a great pick. That is really good. To- a good time. Yeah, when you said that, I thought it was a song about a sausage. <laughs> what? Oh, you're spelling it worse. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leo, I think we've about burned up our time we here. Gotta, we got to take a little break segment. here. Yeah. And we got to do our usual maintenance. Thing, yeah, that's right. Tomorrow's moving day. That's again. right. We yeah. got to get Grab out of that here. that tire gauge. Yes, absolutely. That left After rear inside duel. duel. We're still nursing it along. Oh, yeah, let's just keep nursing it. We doctor. just did the best we can. That's right. We'll go pick up our trash and get ready for uh, getting out of here. So, uh, but we'll be back. This is Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. back we are back got everything cleaned up yep and uh you know it's a good thing we uh, uh checked that tire it was um, just about three pounds down yeah it was down a little bit so yeah, yeah it's, keep it's an eye thing. on it keep yep. an eye on it well you know it's it's good uh you know martha uh, tells us we need to be uh affected and know, that guy you know with the uh with the tire company i mean he's very serious about oh, that. brad Kislowski. bad brad Kislowski. Yeah, he's the nascar driver for discount tire. we have to meet this guy someday. we should meet him yeah maybe yeah i think he'd get us some discount tires well no maybe he could get us some <laughs> discount tire gauges <laughs> We're going to wear this one out. <laughs> We're going to wear this one out pretty quick. So, uh, well, we are uh, broadcasting this week from uh, the Shady Grove RV Park right here in West Richland, Washington. This is an adventure. I had never even heard of West Richland, you know. And, and it's t- not easy to say. No, you know, I'm gonna, not even going to try again. <laughs> no, we, we already said it. Okay, I'll say it. West Richland. Washington. Washington. If we split not, it up, yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, these guys are in Benton County. This is uh, in the United States, of course, up in the, in the Northeast. Um, and uh, Northwest. What did I say? Northeast? Northwest. Yeah, right. Northwest. Now, no, it's not a big town. A lot of these towns with the uh, Shady Grove uh, parks are not huge. Yeah. You know, because they can't afford to one of the big chains, probably. That's right. So, so the, <laughs> all the Shady us. Groves. Yeah. They, 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 it's about, yeah it's about, uh, they say it's about 11,000 people, give or take, anyway. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, in the 1940s, uh, the city of Richland was built. Now, basically... You remember the Manhattan Project? Oh yeah. Okay. This oh is, boy. So we have a little a mis- mystery and mystique. A little mystique, you know. Okay. And, and when you start asking around, you hear little things. This this entire town, well, what, Richland was uh, built, run, and maintained by the War Department for the duration of the Manhattan Project. Oh wow. Okay. So uh, so people that lived there, you know, well, they wanted to buy houses and everything, but they couldn't. Because uh, the, the the war department wouldn't allow them to actually, they could rent, mm-hmm. but they couldn't actually own property, own property there. Wow. So uh, as a result, many of the residents uh, moved across the Yakima River, right, where it was possible to purchase land and own it rather than just rent, right? At. Okay. So that's how, uh, so the guy named Carl Heminger was quick to seize on this thing. And he purchased about 80 acres uh, in 1948, and he laid out plans for, for a city there, and he wanted it to be named Heminger City. <laughs> well, of course he did. It's just a little vanity thing. I think I'll just buy 80 acres and name a town after myself, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, but in 1949, the people that lived there chose the name Enterprise instead. <laughs> <laughs> I think it really ticked him off. So he, he moved out a mile down the road in protest, actually, and he planted a small community there that he called Guess what? What? Heminger City. <laughs> so there. <laughs> so there. And that was eventually incorporated in, in the West Richland city limits. So when the time came in 1955, they incorporated the town. It was decided to rename it to West Richland. 
Wow. Okay, it's kind of a compromise, I guess. And taking advantage of the already well-known status of the near nearby Richland, right? Uh-huh. And uh, so it was officially incorporated in June uh, 1955. So there you go. You know, I drove out to the city limits, and I looked. I stopped and looked at the city what, limits sign. What did it say? It said, West Richland, and in parentheses, not Hemminger City. <laughs> Well, I wrote it in sharpen. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I guess we really need to leave now. <laughs> we probably should. Uh, well, anyway, there, there you go. It's a great little town. Yeah. We've had a lot of fun here. But it's funny when you start looking into history, what you find out. Yeah, so, there is there is that. I think, let's see, whose turn is it anyway? It's mine. Oh, okay. What do you got? A gal by the name of Catherine Louise Allen. Um, I doubt you ever heard of her. And uh, no. how about Kate Wolf? Okay, Kate, Kate Wolf, I've heard of. Betty Jo Bielowski? No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a flashback. <laughs> that, that, that's, All right. That's just really rude. So we saw our pal John Long just recently. Yes, we did. And I got to talking to him, and he told me about Kate Wolf. Okay. Uh, I had not known about her. She was an American uh, folk singer and songwriter, uh, born in 1942. And um, she, uh, her, some of her songs have been recorded by Nancy Griffith and Amy Lou Harris. Matter of fact, Amy Lou Harris recorded a song called Love Still Remains. Yeah, oh yeah. And it was nominated for a Grammy Award in 1999. Very cool. So um, she was born in San Francisco, started studying piano at a young age, but she quit at 16 because she was so shy. And in 69, she became part of the Big Sur music community and... You know, started uh, blossoming. Sure, yeah. So her first album um, was released in 76 on her own label and was recorded in a living room with the band Wildwood Flower. And apparently it was a pretty good quality. Um, she she was not with us long. She died at the age 44 um, after a long battle with leukemia. Oh, my. But this is actually uh, from a live album. It's... Um, it was it was called uh, an evening in Austin. And it was in 1989, and it was just a few months before she actually was diagnosed. It's a cool tune, and what I like about it, um, I, I like the live version because it's just got a lot of excitement in it. And and this is her on guitar. Uh, she's got a bass player and two mandolins. That's it. And there's some really cool twin mandolin stuff going back and forth and everything. Wow. So uh, let's give this a listen. Kate Wolf, like a river. Smells of doors and windows Closed against the day 
And that was four pieces. You said she's playing the, uh, the yeah. rhythm guitar. Yeah, she's playing um, rhythm guitar and singing, and then a uh, guy on bass singing uh, a harmony and two mandolin two players. Two mandolin players. Wow. Yeah. Pretty That's cool. Great. Thanks, John, for that lead. That was a fun one. Well, listen, that's uh, boy, I don't know how to follow that up. Oh, but I bet you will. <laughs> well, of course I will. Yeah. I must. You know, I kind of get into this um, I, several times, I've gone off into the origins of songs. And how songs borrow from one another over a space of time, right? True. So I, I've been, you know, you, you and I, I'm sure you do the same thing I do. I spend a lot of time on the internet, you know, cruising all around. All of them. All of them, all yeah. the internets. Right. And most of the Facebooks, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just listening to music, and, and the one thing leads to another, right? So I want to play, um, we don't feature anything but American acts on, on this show. That's right. But I, just to make my point, I'm going to start off, I'm going to play a very famous riff from a song and we'll start with that okay and okay. I'll tell you right now this is a British band okay okay so who do you think that was uh, sure a Lady Madonna by the Beatles by the Beatles okay and of course you know Lennon McCartney always claimed you know, like copyrighted but right. everybody knows that Paul McCartney actually wrote that right? that one he didn't what well he borrowed it Really? Yeah, he borrowed that. It's a lot of that stuff goes on. He actually got that from a guy. Uh, his name his name was Humphrey Richard Adian Littleton. Okay. Yeah, he was a Brit. Also, everybody called him Hump. And he was an English jazz musician, and he was a broadcaster uh, from the whole Littleton family, which is something. Anyway, uh, he was a trumpet player, right? Okay. And so uh, he became a professional musician. He had an eight-piece band, and uh, rec- they recorded a song called Bad Penny Blues in 1956. Okay. Okay. So as I, if you listen to this, this uh, little bit of piece, think about what we just listened to before okay. and, and listen to this. All right. that well that certainly sounds familiar very very familiar yeah so now we're going to bring it on home all right okay back up another couple of decades here and bring it back to the good old us of a all right we're going to talk about this guy named dan burley 
And he was born in 1907 in Lexington, Kentucky, and he passed away in 1962. He was not an old man. He, he passed away at the age of 55. But listen to this. This guy was not even really known for his musical prowess. Okay. I mean, what this guy, uh, he was an editor. Uh, uh, his family were all journalists and everything. He was the editor of many um, African-American publications, including uh, New York Age, Amsterdam News, Ebony. You remember right. Ebony, which is big, sure. and Jet and Duke. Yeah. He, he also was an actor. He performed with Duke Ellington, Cab Calloway, Milton Hinton, Lionel Hampton, you know, Fats Waller, Billy Halliday. Ella Fitzgerald, uh, Ella, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong. I mean, Lionel. Wow. I mean, this guy was all over the place, and that wasn't even his main thing. It was just a side gig. It was a side gig. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a, his creds were really good. His mother taught under Booker T. Washington. Wow. At Tuskegee uh, University, and she was the first African American woman to teach at that school then. And then, uh, but this guy, he played. He played basketball. And he's also, uh, he taught himself how to play boogie-woogie piano. Along the way. So he couldn't quit. So he's, he reputed, uh, let, get a look at this. Uh, Burley repu- uh, reputedly, reportedly, reputedly, whichever it is, he coined the word bebop. Oh, wow. All right. And he was also the creator of the Harlem Handbook of Jive, which sold more than 100,000 copies. I'd buy a copy. <laughs> I'd buy a copy right now. <laughs> Still a pretty it might be. So one other thing. Um, he had a band, Dan Burley and his Skiffle Boys, right? Okay. Founded in 1946, may have given rise to the 1950s British music genre named Skiffle. Oh, sure. Which we've, you know, listened to a lot. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's enough about this guy. So uh, we're going to go back and listen to was probably um, the origin of that whole piano riff. The name of the song is South Side Shake. <laughs> Thank you. 
you hear a little Lady Madonna in there? Oh, man. So there you go. That's taking it backwards, you know, 40 yeah. years, you know. Yeah, a little plagiarism amongst friends and across the pond. Well, they say you can't was. copyright rhythm. Yeah. That's one thing. So, yeah. But whatever. Hey, listen, look at look at the clock. I think we're out of time we for this segment. We are out of time. Yeah, we got to take yeah. a little break here. Yeah. But, uh, boy, that was a fun little uh, episode there, Leo. This I enjoyed was, that. This, yeah. this whole set's been a little wacky. So <laughs> it's been that. It has been that. Well, um, I guess we better get out of here. We'll come back pretty quick here, right here on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. USA. Back it up. We're backing up. Of course, that's what we do. That's what we do. We, we back up. Because we're the dairy Yes, that's yeah. us. That's us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, this is a part of the show where we like to uh, suggest. That, suggest. Heavily. Yeah, like, yeah. We could beg, but. Uh, we, we don't. We stop. We, right. Just before we're right begging. We're right on the line. We're right begging. on the line there. Yeah, we're yeah. close. So we're very heavily suggesting that you go to our websites. Uh, all, all of them. All of them. All of them, yeah. They're on all the internets. And uh, all the Facebooks. And that's right. That's right. And of course, for this show, it's thederrieres.com. The dot com, right. And uh, for, for the band, we have a mm-hmm. band website, we do. too. It's called threetrailswest.com with the number three. That's right. Uh, or we now have fancy new email addresses. Well, if you want to get right to us, uh, you can uh, uh, find us at our email addresses. Mine is Roger, no D, at the Derriers. And mine is Leo, also no D, at the com. Right. That's right. So uh, if you go to our websites, uh, you will find a lot of content. content. That's correct. And, and we're pretty sure that if you watch it, you will be contented. contented. But there's so much of it that you uh, might become confused. confused, in which case we suggest that you... Contact, contact us, and we'll make it all right with yeah. you. Yeah, you can use those email addresses, or there are contact us tabs exactly on uh, all the websites. And um, also, a cool thing you can do at the Derriere's website, go to the Americana Roadshow tab, and you can download any past episodes and listen to them at your leisure. While you're driving down the road. That's, it's kind of like that's kinda what like it's that. for. That's what Mike Carr always says, go, go nowheres. Without, without the dairy years. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Where do we leave off? I can't uh, remember. I think you were last. Okay, so you're up. I am up. Okay. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, a woman by the name of Dorothy Sims. Okay, again, I've never heard of that one either. Well, she went by the name of Dorothy Shea. Oh, I haven't heard of her either. <laughs> so, Probably we're not. We're on a roll here. So uh, she was born in 1921, and um, she was known as the Park Avenue Hillbilly. I'm kind of digging it. So So. she was born in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, she took vocal lessons to lose her southern accent. Okay. And so she was a straight singer, right? So she sang with big bands. Uh, She sang for the USO during World War II with uh, Morton Gould and his orchestra. And uh, they asked for an encore, so she got up and did a song called Uncle Fudd. It's a hayseed novelty number that became popular, and it launched her singing career. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, she went to all this trouble to lose the thing. She... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just, that's perfect. So her biggest hit was a song called Feudin' and Fightin', and it came out in 1947. And uh, her album that came out that year, which was Dorothy Shea, The Park Avenue Hill- Hillbilly Sings, was rated number one in Billboard Magazine's best-selling popular Unreal. albums. She was the first female artist to have a number one album on the Billboard chart. So in her uh, singing engagement, she performed dressed as a very sophisticated urbanite while talking like a rural southerner. <laughs> now, I got to tell you, the first time I heard this song, I was in high school. 
listening to Dr. Demento. Oh, man. So, that guy ruined a lot of lives. <laughs> you have mine for sure. Yeah. So uh, let's listen to Dorothy Shea doing Feudin' and Fightin'. Beyond the busy highway, beyond the city strife, we highly treasure and take great pleasure in our play no way over life. Sometimes it gets to be exciting Don't like them ornery neighbors down by the creek We'll be plumb out of neighbors next week Grandma, poor old grandma Why'd they have to shoot poor grandma? She lies neath the clover Someone caught her bending over, picking up a daisy few, a fussin' and a fightin'. This is a wrong that needs a rightin'. Let's get that funeral service over, so then we'll go few and fightin' again. Fightin' a feudin' and a fussin'. That's all that's going on with us and We are such neighborly people, peaceful and sweet All except when we happen to meet Daughter, baby daughter Poisoned all the neighbor's chickens Daughter, shouldn't daughter Least though she could run like the Dickens, they hit her with a shovel, few a fighting and a fussing. No use of standing here a cussing. Let's give our daughter a pistol now that she's four and go few and fighting some more. Fighting a fussing and a feuding. Why did that sheriff keep intruding? He was a curious bitter, yep, he was swell. It's a shame he was pushed down the well. Water, the well water. The doggone stuff don't taste like it order. Look here, city slicker. That's why we all drink corn liquor. It's better with the shoes off you, a fussin' and fightin'. This ain't no corner you can brighten. Polish the shootin' iron more. I'm gettin' a yen to go feudin', a fussin', a feudin' and a fussin' again. I have never had a voice lesson in my life. <laughs> But I do like the fact that she uh, took voice lessons and then just went back to her old accent. That just hey, that's where the money was. That's where the money is. <laughs> Gee, God, oh, fun stuff. Oh man. All right, Leo. Well, what do you got? Well, I've been kind of sitting on this for a while. I got to tell you, I was a big fan of this next guy that I want to play. Uh, his name was James Joseph Croce. Oh, Jim Croce. Jim Croce. Yeah. And I was uh, I was living in uh, Denver um, on one of my little road trips that I used to take. 
Um, and I, I was really totally into him, and I was really excited because I was going to be able to go see him in concert. And then he uh, he got killed in a plane wreck. Right. Right at the height of his career, which yeah. was really, really sad. But the guy was born um, in South Philadelphia, and uh, his parents were Italian-Americans uh, from uh, Sicily and, and that part of uh, Europe. Uh, but he was, a, he was a pretty incredible guy. I mean, he was just really getting going. Uh, here's the funny thing about it, though. His parents did not want him to be a musician. Oh they, well, that's a theme. They were. He, said, he had a lot of. He had a lot of other talents. I mean, the guy was good at a lot of things, and he had, was educated and all. Uh, but he released a, an album uh, in 1966, his first one, and um, his his uh, parents paid for it. Okay? Wow! They gave him 500 bucks. Okay. And the idea was that he was going to make make this album, and it was going to flop. And he's going to get it out of his system. Get it out of his system, and then get a real job. And get a real job. <laughs> That yeah. was the whole idea. Uh-huh. But the, so now listen to this. In 1966, with five hundred dollars, he was able to produce five hundred copies. Holy cow! Think about that in today's terms, oh, right? Oh man! So he and uh, and so the, they sold every one of them. Wow! Down down to the last one. So it was pretty interesting. So he just kind of he got married, you know, and he kind of kept going. But the, the, he, uh, he he enjoyed making music, but um, he kind of didn't enjoy traveling all that much. And he was kind of homesick, and he wanted to be home with his wife and kid. But it's interesting because everybody plays the same songs. I'm going to play one of his famous songs. That's yeah, what I'm going sure. to do. Um, but um, he had a, he had only one one number one hit in his lifetime, okay, which was uh, "Bad Bad Leroy Brown." Okay, that's a good one. Uh, right now, he his his stuff posthumously take off, took off. So now you can hardly hit, you know, an oldies radio station with hitting, you know, Bad Bad Leroy Brown or one of his operator, other, operator, which yeah. which is another one I almost chose for this thing, uh, because it, it talks about a very antiquated way of making phone calls. Yeah, for one right. thing, You know, which you and I know about it. But anyway, I, it, it, you can't get any more Americana than this guy. Uh, so we're gonna do this. This is what we're gonna do. It's cause you don't mess around with Jim from 1972. Up down, got it, hustlers. Bowery got his bumps 42nd Street got Big Jim Walker He a bull-shooting son of a gun Yeah, he big and dumb as a man can come But he's stronger than a country house And when the bad folks all get together at night You know they all call Big Jim Ball Just because And they say you don't tug on Superman's cape You don't spit into the wind you don't pull a mask off that old Lone Ranger And you don't mess around with Jim But you can do that I-D-D-D-D-D-D Well, out of South Alabama come a country boy Said I'm looking for a man named Jim I am a bull-shooting boy, my name is Willie McCoy But down at home they call me Slim Yeah, I'm looking for the king of 42nd Street He drive on a drop-top Cadillac all my money and it may sound funny But I come to get my money back And everybody say Jack, don't you know That you don't tug on Superman's king You don't speed in the wind You don't pull the mask off that old long ranger And you don't mess around with Jim But do do da Please. 
good one all right let's see i think it's back to you i'm gonna go for a local group okay local like back home in kansas city well you had half of it right Uh, okay group name kansas oh oh okay sure i can't believe we haven't covered them yet that's true (laughs) you're right so um their history is is really pretty interesting and i'm going to try and get this right so in 1969 uh don montre and, and carrie lifgren were performing in a band called The Reasons Why in their hometown of Topeka, Kansas. Topeka, yep. Right, just down the road from us. So they left that band to form the band Saratoga with a couple other guys, and they started playing Carrie Lifgren's original material. So in 1970, the next year, they changed the band's name to Kansas and merged with members of a rival Topeka progressive rock group called White Clover. Okay, okay, okay yeah, 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 I'm with okay. you. Okay. So um, those guys came over and, and joined them, and um, th- this early Kansas group, now sometimes they refer to it as Kansas One, okay? Okay. I, I think the historians possibly. Now, it lasted until early 1971 when some of the members left to reform White Clover. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, we're not done. Not done yet. In 1972... Um, uh, let's see. One of the guys had gone to England where he'd gone to look for other musicians. I guess he couldn't find any here. Well, he wasn't a Topeka. <laughs> he was in Kansas. Okay. Yeah. So they once again reformed White Clover with a couple of other guys. And then in 1973, they recruited Carrie Lifgren back from the second Kansas group, <laughs> which then folded. Okay. I guess Carrie was pretty important, which he was. So eventually, they received a recording contract with Don Kirsner's Ephonius label. After Kirstner's assistant, Wally Gold, heard one of their demo tapes and came out to check their band at one of their local gigs in Mar- March 1973, guess where they were playing? You never will. No. Ellenwood, Kansas. Oh, man. That's <laughs> we know real that close is. to home, man. Yeah. And after signing with Kirstner, the group decided to return to using the name Kansas. Oh, now, this particular song we're going to listen to, Spontaneous Combustion covered this tune. Yeah, there's a funny story. And there's a funny story about yeah. that. Well, we had this joke with Spontaneous Combustion. We did mostly oldie stuff. And we always said we'd like to do a song we wrote. And then we go, well, first we go, is such and such, a, are they in the audience? No, they didn't make no, they, it. Oh, oh okay. We'd, we'd like, like to do, do a song, song that we, we wrote. wrote. Yeah. So we performed this song. The song is Dust in the Wind. Right. And we performed it, performed it down in Winfield. Yep. And afterwards, we're over at the CD table, and this guy comes up. And he goes, uh, hey, that song, Dust in the Wind. He goes, uh, he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, I wrote that. And I went, 
No, no, no. He said, I think Roger I think wrote Roger that. Roger, did you write that? I said, no, Marvin wrote that one. And he goes, no, I'm Carrie Lifkin. I wrote that song. <laughs> I was never so glad that we paid copyrights yeah. as I was at that exact well, moment. We've always done that. We've always so. done it. So let's hear the original, Kansas doing Dust in the Wind. I close my song was not easy. Oh, no. I mean, it yeah. was... It's I was the guy singing the high part, I bet part you, remember? That was a long time ago, Roger. <laughs> I know. I'm not sure you could get up there anymore. I doubt it. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that was great. Well, Leo, what do you got? Well, I got a, a little song. I, again, I, I, I get these songs I kind of keep in my back pocket every so often. You know, I like the girl groups, you know. Yes, you do. Especially from back in the 60s. And um, there was another band. I We featured the Chiffons before, mm-hmm. you know, the Supremes. Oh, this is a band, uh, a girl group called the Marvelettes. 
Yeah. Okay. From 1961. Now, get this. These girls, uh, they, they were really popular in the early to mid-60s, and they were schoolmates. A lot of these bands came out of New York that were kids in high school together. Right. You know, singing, and, and uh, they just kind of went through with it, and then sooner or later, sure enough, they got noticed. But here's the thing. They were the first successful act of Motown Records after the Miracles, uh, and its first significantly successful female group after the release of the 1961 number one single, Please Mr. Postman. A big one. That was a big one, right? Yeah. So that's, it was one of the first number one singles recorded by an all-female vocal group and the first uh, by a Motown recording act. Okay, okay. So they made some history there. But that's not the one I'm going to do. Oh. I'm going to do this other one. I don't know why. I've always loved this one. Uh, it's called Beachwood 45789 from Fixes on them, like right. you know, when we grew up in Rush Center, Kansas, yeah, what? Drake two four three three two, Drake two, and our grandparents was two four four two seven. Yeah, that's right. Wow, there you go. Well, hey, look at the time. It's time to get out of here. All right. Well, uh, you know, we got to figure oh, out where we're going. Where we're going? Where we're going? Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Whose turn is uh, it to do what? I threw the dart last week, so I'll get the map. Get the map. It's back here in the closet. There it is. There oh, it is. God. who put this umbrella that in here? That thing is a mess. Okay, look I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, you got it. Can we put it on the wall? And the me. Oh man, you can see through the wall yeah, now. Yeah, it's mm. kind of nice. Okay. It's, okay, it's good. Okay. Uh, get get the dart. It's, it's in, in the it's spoon in the drawer. Spoon, no, which spoon one? Spoon drawer two. Oh, spoon drawer. Okay. 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 Got it, okay. got it, got, got, got it, got it. Got it. Okay. okay. Get over there in the circle I'm now. I'm in the circle. Are you ready? Yep. One, one two, two, three. Throw the dart, throw the dart. 
Oh, oh, oh boy. Okay, we went uh, east, east. Uh, and down a little bit Illinois. Illinois, that's good. Manuka, Illinois. Manuka. Yeah, the Shady Grove RV Park in Manuka, Illinois. That sounds like fun. Well, that's going to be an adventure. Yeah. Well, let's get packed up, man. All right. We well, uh, the road. it's been fun, and uh, we'll get out of here, and then uh, next week we've got some cool stuff to do. We always have cool stuff. All right. Well, uh, in the this, meantime, this is the Americana Road Show right here on Truckers Radio USA. USA. And look out behind you. It's, it's the, the Derriere. Derriere.